You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open, throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will not be room enough to store it. If you grew up in church, you probably heard that scripture a thousand, a million, a trillion times. And today I want to talk about how that particular scripture should not ever be used or utilized when doing tithes and offerings. Intro. So with so much misinformation from the church today, um, it's important that we take the time to really understand the text uh, in which is being discussed here in Malachi 3. And I actually want to start from Malachi 3, 7. Uh, it says Malachi, Malachi 3, 7 says, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. Stop there. Now go to Malachi one and start at the uh, let's start at the 12th verse or 13th verse. I should say when you when you bring injured, lame or deceased animal and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands? Says the Lord. Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it. But then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. So a, blem a blemished animal is an animal sacrifice in fulfillment of a vow had to be male without defect or blemish. And so in that Malachi 1 along that, that 14th verse or so, it really is stating that the, the cursed individual is one that cheats. He cheats. Uh, he cheats God, basically. By giving a blemished, a blemished animal. I don't know why I can't say that word. A blemished animal. So let's go back. Eight verses. Will a mere mortal rob God? That's how we robbed him. That's how they robbed him. Not we. They robbed him. Robbed God by giving a blemished animal when they could give an animal that was that, that, that they vowed to give in the sense that it's one that has no defect or blemish. So it was an animal that they would give. Right. It's not money. Again, in the eighth verse, it says, but you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, your whole nation. Why does it say nation? Is it talking to the church or is it talking to the nations? And so if you look in the text there, actually, if you understand even the structure of what was was created, Jacob, who had 12 sons, uh, his name was changed to Israel. The 12 sons became the founders of the 12 tribes of Israel. And with them being the 12 tribes, uh, essentially 11 of those 12 um, were basically giving as a taxation system. And I guess it's best. Let me quote it from uh, Relearn. It says, in other words, the tithes from the other 11 tribes, which were food and not money, were basically the nation of Israel's taxation system. The Levites were the government servants and the other 11 tribes were the public and therefore paid for their service through a variety of national tithes. So when it's, you're understanding the idea of the tithing system, 
the 11 tribes basically took care of the 12th. The 12th one was the Levites. The other 11 were able to kind of generate because they were working and they were able to generate their own tithe and give it to, 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 to God. But the Levites were not, they did not have to do that because of the ordinance that, or the structure in which God had set up. So as we unravel this idea of tithing, why do we keep using Malachi 3, 9 through 10 as a means to say, oh, no, you're robbing God. No, they robbed God. In that isolated, specific situation, they were robbing God because they would not give an animal that, 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 that didn't have issues or defects. They were robbing God by not getting exactly what God requested of them and being obedient to the covenant they promised to have with God. Additionally, if you go further in Malachi 3, let's go to the 11 verse. It says, I will prevent, this is God, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord. What in the world is he, is the text talking about? If it's saying here, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. This is not like a hypothetical. This is a literal situation. I think that sometimes we try to extract things from the Bible that just simply aren't true for us. This is true for them. I will. God is making a covenantal promise that if you give as you're supposed to give, if you listen to my ordinances, if you listen to and obey exactly what I tell you to do, then I will make sure. I will make this covenantal promise with you. I will make sure that the pests do not devour your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop. He's making a promise that if they obey him, if they listen to his ordinances or listen to what he says, he will, will, will basically do his part. But what we have done as the church of today, we have taken from this specific, specific and, 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 and um, one off story and have made it pertain to us in our lives and say, OK, this is what God's going to do for us. And there's so much danger in doing that because we essentially are making something true for us that just isn't true now. Does that mean that God won't bless us and take care of us and look after us if we give? That is not what I'm saying. He will absolutely do that. But we cannot use text and scriptures falsely and say, oh, this is what God's going to. He's going to do this for you because he did it for them. In this instance, he's going to do that for you right now. No, no, no. Let's use the proper text. Also, Malachi 3, 9 through 10 is speaking of previous covenants. So let's be clear about tithing in general. Right. Tithing was never about food. This is also according. This is according to relearn. Tithing was about food and never about money. There is not one passage of scripture telling any Jew or Christian to give 10% of their money to a religious institution. Second, while tithing is biblical, it is not Christian. This is a strictly this is strictly a practice for the nation of Israel under the old covenant which has been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Again, strictly a practice for the old, for the nation of Israel. That's why it says under the eighth verse will a mere mortal God, uh, uh, mortal rob God yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? And the ninth verse, most importantly, says you are under a curse, your whole nation. What nation? The nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is under a curse because you're robbing me. You're not listening and staying obedient to the, the covenantal promise that you, you know, I have established with you. So it's very important that we don't mismanage and, and, and give out, honestly, misinformation uh, from a text that just isn't for us. So, so the, you know, the question is, yeah, should we tithe? The answer is no. Should we give? The answer is 100 percent. 
We should absolutely be giving. So I'm not really sure as to why the church has decided to create this narrative that Malachi 3, 9 through 10 is a representation or is representative of what we should be doing here as, as believers in 2022. I don't know why. Literally my whole church life, all I've ever heard is Malachi 3, 9, 9 through 10. As a means or a reason to give our tithes and offering, I have always, be, have always been turning to, or I've been told to turn to Malachi 3, 9 through 10. What I was never, no one ever did was actually look at Malachi 3, 7, 8, 9, and 10, and 11 to get the context and understand the full ramifications of what was happening in Malachi. And, and because of that, I've been under this false belief system that I should be tithing when in all actuality, no, I should just be giving. I should be a giver in every area of my life. I should want to give. And that should be the, 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 the weight in which I should feel. I should feel that as a believer to give because that's what a believer does. So there's a couple of scriptures that kind of like cement this, this value system, one of which is 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. This, is, this part right here, seven verses, is really important. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. And so the dangers of that scripture of Malachi 3, 9 through 10 is like, is this sense of weightiness that happens that says, I robbed God. I, I, didn't, I, I don't want to rob God. And it says you're cursed. This, this kind of gives an undertone of, you know, you're, there's something wrong with you. I can't believe you did this. And it's a sense of like, uh, uh, you're definitely, com it's compulsion happening in that, in that space right there. And especially in an offering, an offertory appeal or tithing space, you're definitely putting on a weight on your congregation that just isn't theirs to bear. What you could do is just give a couple of scriptures in 2 Corinthians 9 through 6 through 8. I mean, 9, 6 through 8 that speaks explicitly about how to give. Give generously. And 1 John 3, 17, it says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Matthew 19, 21 says, Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. And then after you do all that, come follow me. Proverbs 19 through 17 says, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the poor and he will repay him for his deed. And in Luke 12, it says, 33, Jesus says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the last one I have. Luke 6, 38 says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So the, the, the question is, should I give? Absolutely. Should I tithe? Uh, nah, I don't think so. You should not tithe because tithing in its root is just not for the Christian church today. It's biblical, but it's not Christian. So I, I say to the church, church, Stop robbing the church. And I don't say it in the sense that you should you should not request the church or the believers to give. I say in the sense that empower them with the correct scriptures that they only are doing what they are supposed to be doing and not putting an unjust weight and giving begrudgingly or under compulsion. We should not use scriptures to make people feel guilty about giving or not giving. 
We should say as a believer and we should teach that as believers and as disciples, as people that love Jesus, we should be giving freely to the poor. We should be making sure that if my brother or sister is clothed or does not have clothes, that we're giving the clothes off our back to them or from our closets to them to make sure that they are good and taken care of. We should make it a regular regimen to give generously. Yes, we should teach all these principles, but to do Anything else by saying Malachi 3, 9 through 10 and saying that this we should be giving our tithes and we should and, 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 and we have robbed God and how have we robbed God through our tithes and offering? We are just giving a misrepresentation of scripture and it is it's actually very, very wrong. As Christians, as believers, as disciples, we have a responsibility to make sure that we are rightly dividing the word of truth, that we are making sure that when we're teaching it, we are doing it with some sense of conviction and understanding of the text. It is simply irresponsible for, for a lot of these church leaders that say they believe in God to say these scriptures, knowing that they do not have proper understanding of what happened in that text and trying to use it to, to establish some sense of dominance. And that's what I'm speaking to. Knowing that the text doesn't say that is just inappropriate. Additionally, read the text. Not necessarily just the reverend or the doctor or the, 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 the minister or the pastor, but congregant. Literally open Malachi 3, 7 through 11 and read it to know that it actually is not speaking to you at all. It's speaking of a specific covenantal promise that God made to 12 tribes. Nothing to do with the church of today. So we have to, if we're talking about a narrow road, podcast which is what i'm talking about we're talking about man making sure that when we're teaching it we're teaching it ethically and we're making sure that we're not exegeting a text and making it fit any kind of narrative that we wanted to fit knowing that it doesn't fit that narrative and knowing that the story or the account that it's speaking of in the bible is just not true for the, t the church of today I hope you enjoyed this next or this fourth episode of the Narrow Road Podcast. Listen, guys, if you can, follow me on my social medias. I'm on Instagram, the Narrow Road Podcast. I'm on Twitter, the Narrow Road Podcast. If you want to go on YouTube, I'm on there as well, the Narrow Road Podcast. And you can subscribe as well. And let me know, man, how you feel about or what you're thinking about from these particular um, episodes. How is this impacting or affecting you? What do you think about the fact that the church robbing the church, knowing that they're using or leveraging scripture, that could be incorrect and misinformation within the church. I'm your host, Jonathan Jones. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love you guys. God bless you. Peace.